All right, guys, welcome back to Uncommon Ground. We have been a little bit off for the past couple of uh, weeks because we've been super busy, but we're definitely coming back with a good one. Um, so the last how do you, podcast... How do you know that? Oh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be a good one. Oh, so the yeah. last one, I was asking you a whole bunch of different questions about your background and your thoughts on everything and how you came to be. And people have been requesting now... That you have questions for me. They have been questioning. They have been um, asking for that because they think you are much more exciting to listen to than me. So that's 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 why they. Are you want sure you, about that? Yeah, that's that's it. They want you to be interviewed because they'd much rather listen to you. Why do you think that yeah. is? Well, I I don't know. We shall see. And then after after this time together, then we'll see whether their expectations were met or or not. Do you think I'm just a taboo for them? No. So we haven't introduced ourselves because we might have somebody who's joining us for the first time. That's true. So we are Uncommon Ground. I am Mike Wright, and to my left is uh, Pastor Sam McGregor, and he is the uh, pastor at Allison Creek Presbyterian Church here in Rock Hill or York County, and uh, I am a non-believer, and we have conversation to... I guess, get a common ground on how we think about things. And um, we've had a fair amount of episodes, and if you haven't seen those yet, definitely check them out and um, see where we got to at this point. But, uh. So I will say I was quite shocked at the last one where you interviewed me because I thought, who who would be interested in, in hearing that? Uh, but it turned out to be the one that was the most listen to episode i think um, yeah. which shocked me so i'm not sure why that was but anyway so mike you want to share a little bit about your background and and then we'll kind of go from there um i mean where do you want me to start just wherever you would like to start um well i don't have i don't have a religious background as as such as like you did um Growing up, my my parents did go to church. My dad grew up in a church. Um, my grandfather created a church um, or formed a church. I don't know how you'd want to say that, um, but he built it from the ground up. So, I mean, there is religion, faith in my family, um, but I was, I just did not have that same path. Um, my parents did not baptize me. They let me have that choice and... I had been to churches growing up. Um, I, ones I'd went to when my parents would go to church, I would go along when I was a child, basically because I had no other choice. And then, as I was older, I did go to churches with my friends because um, they would what, invite me. What ages are we talking about? I mean, all kinds of ages. I mean, when I was a little kid, I mean, you know, between the ages of like zero and like six or seven. I didn't really have much of a choice. I wouldn't be allowed to stay home alone or anything like that. So um, I had to go to church and went to like the Sunday school kind of things when everyone else was was um, sitting, listening to everything. And then when I was probably so my it, teenager. I, it's probably hard to think back. Cause, so I assume it was just a part of your life and you just did it and, and you didn't think anything different about that. You know, we're yeah, going absolutely. to church. I'm, I'm going to the Sunday school class. They're going to teach me i'm going to engage and and that's just what i'm supposed to do and or just just what we do i mean okay. it was one of those things where like at that age i just i would go there with my peers of the same age and we would play blocks and 
I'm mm-hmm. sure they would read from the Bible and stuff like that. But I, I think. <laughs> but that, you just remember playing with the blocks. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that and crayons and all that. Okay. Uh, but I mean, when I was a teenager, I would you know some of my friends did invite me to their church. Um, some of it was also just because like we would like uh, do sleepovers or whatever, and then if it was like a Sunday morning, their family would go to church, and they're like just come on with us and we'll drop you off at home later or stuff like that. So, so where was, what, what town, what area? That would have been uh, Manassas, Virginia. Okay. Manassas, Virginia. Which is in Northern Virginia. Yeah. Just, just, just South of DC, about right. 30 minutes South of DC. Right. So, so you would be invited and do you remember what kinds of churches they would be? Do you remember any of those experiences as a teenager I in mean, some of those churches that you were invited into? Yeah, one of the churches was a Baptist church. Another church was a Catholic church. That's kind of a contrast. Yeah. So were you able to, to kind of wrap your mind around the differences in what you were experiencing at those two places? Um, The... I mean, I will say this, as far as what they're trying to tell you, it's it, it sounds about the same because they're trying to get you to open up to God and things like that and, and show, you know, what your faith is and stuff. But I will say that the Catholic Church lasts a lot longer. Um, it's way more boring. Because um, I assume it was a lot of ritual that you didn't understand, you didn't grow up with. It wasn't a part of your being. Would yeah, that be accurate. I mean, yeah, I would say that'd be accurate. I mean, but some of it, like I would, I would hear what they're saying, um, but it's not to offend anyone, which I know I probably do fairly often. It's very cult-like okay. in, in a lot of ways, and I think. So how? Could, no, I, I want you to be. I want you to be honest. So what? How would what? What does cult-like mean to you? Give me an example of, of how you saw and you felt like it was cult-like. I mean, it's been a long time since I've actually sat down and listened to a, a Catholic sermon. But, I mean, it, the way they present it, it just seems like the, it's it's like brainwashing as far as how they're trying to force everything on you. It's like they're, it's like they're guilting you into believing, mm-hmm. like, nonstop through the entire thing it's like it's all about guilt okay and trying to make sure that if you don't have guilt then something's wrong and you need to have guilt so then you can you know ask for forgiveness mm-hmm. which which is a which is you know not to pick on my catholic brothers and sisters that is a common critique that i hear from from both practicing catholics and um ex-catholics many of whom end up in in churches like ours that that the the sense of being forced into you know trying to force you to feel guilty for lots of stuff is and ultimately they're like that's 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 not life-giving yeah um and so because that i mean i I relate a lot of it to cult-like stuff because i feel that that cults do the same thing they try to like repeat the same stuff and then you brainwash you to make you feel a certain way and at some point you break and you're just like yep that is exactly how I feel, whether it is how you do or not. Um, I mean, I have had in a recent, and I'm saying recent in the past, like five years, a family member, um, become a Catholic. And when I went to his, uh, I guess his baptism into Catholicism, I don't know what 
It would have been about yeah. yeah. It it was it was excruciating. Like listening to what they're what they're saying. Like it was like I can't believe that this is how they're saying it. And it's just the way they word things. Was there? I mean, can you think of something specific that you heard? Uh, I mean, not right this second. I mean, I, mm-hmm. it's not something that I, I kept in the back of my mind to remember so we could talk about it. But I mean, it's just like when I was there in the presence, like I was, I was very like, man, this is, this sounds crazy. I don't understand why he's doing this, mm-hmm. why he's deciding to join this phase. Well, I, I kind of knew, but it, probably I knew why a, he was doing it. Probably connected with a woman. It is. <laughs> and family stuff. It is. It is. <laughs> and I didn't agree with it, but it's our, it's our, it, it's his choice and mm-hmm. that's, and that's his path. So, um, but I mean, so growing up, I mean, those are the, the, like the kind of like experience that I had, but then also when I got to high school, um, I had friends who knew I didn't have like any kind of, um, Christian faith or anything like that. And I was invited to young life and, it's one of those things that, I mean, just to go out and hang out with your friends sometimes, you'll be like, yeah, okay, sure. You know, mm-hmm. it, it didn't really bother me. I listened to people talk. It didn't, didn't like upset me. It didn't like make me go into seizures or anything like that. It, it was just like, I'm going to hang out with my friends. And after we would do all of our Kumbaya songs and stuff like that and talk about stuff, we'd go out to McDonald's or Taco Bell or hang out. You know, it was just fun. Mm-hmm. And um, so I did it and I joined it. And the... To what age are we talking now? Um, this it, I would say between like 18, 16, 19, 16, 16 to 18. 18. Okay. So yeah. this is high school. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I did that for quite a while and I, I had fun and people engaged with me and asked me my thoughts and all this stuff. And some people avoided me, but that's okay. Because and they thought you were a Christian freak? No, they. I mean, they thought that I was like... Like someone in there coming to like try to affect their belief okay. and, and stop so, them from. So it was Christians in. who were you felt like a who would avoid you, yeah, because you felt like they like you were challenging them beyond where right. they were their comfort level. Okay, but a lot of the leaders. I mean, I I interacted with all, a lot of the leaders. Um, and I mean, one of one of the leaders, Mark, he was like probably the the one that would try to challenge me the most. He would every week. Um, he would come back with a question for me and try to question de- of the week for kind of debunk my, my thoughts on things. And then I would come back with a rebuttal and we would go back and forth. And it, I mean, it, it, it did help create friendships. Um, so I do enjoy the time I had in young life. Um, but it was not something that I would go there and I'm like, Oh, I'm here to praise God. I would, I would go there to support some of my friends and enjoy it afterwards and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I enjoyed the conversations too. So, I mean, that was, that was a lot of it. Okay. And then after that, I just went to college and didn't have anything else than that. Um, I mean, so in college, did you have any experience with the religious group at all? I did not. Um, the closest thing is probably that I got accepted to a, a college that was a, a Christian college. Um, but I did not take it. Um, because after I got my scholarship to there, I realized that 90% of my classes were going to be religious studies and that's not what I wanted to go to to school for. And so I, 
So why did you go to this particular college? Um, I got a, I had received a scholarship for my music. Okay. I, pl- I played in the orchestra back in high school and stuff like that. And I was a, a cellist and um, I, I did enjoy it. I, I thought I was pretty good and everyone thought I was probably amazing. I was not Yo-Yo Ma or anything, but I mean, I thought it was pretty good. And I applied and went to the school to, for my audition and they gave me a scholarship. But after sitting down and speaking to administration and all this stuff and seeing what my courses would be, I decided not to take it. I assume this would be a conservative Christian school or what I would describe as a Christian conservative Christian school. Uh, I don't know how conservative they were. Not, I mean, it was Chowan College in, in North I've, Carolina. I've heard of that. Uh, I'm going to do a little research after this. <laughs> um. I mean, it was a nice school. It was a very pretty school. Um, so I you, just was not. so they accept, I mean, so you, you're an exceptional cellist. They, um, they give you a great scholarship. You think, oh, great. This is, and so without really checking into the, the theology of the school or, or the Christianity of the school, then when you see it, you're like, ooh, wait a second. This is, this is a little too much religion for me. So then, so then you don't go there. So then what? you do do you go somewhere else or um yeah i mean i was um i stayed in manassas and i just went to community college okay um i was going for um uh i was basically going for my my studies to be a police officer um i was doing like my sociology and and a whole bunch of other stuff for my to become a detective or something like a specialty in a in a police officer thing and then um i was doing that for a while and then my mom uh, did not want me to be a police officer, even back in the day. And she found this school that was a graphic design school in Raleigh. And so I just, I, uh, I applied for it. I did a little drawing and stuff like that to get in. And they gave me a small scholarship. And I went in there and I, I was there for 18 months because it was a specialized school. So I didn't have other things to study. And then I graduated from that and then been doing work ever since that. So, so then would, so in worship today, we were exposed to um, somebody that I described in the sermon as spiritual, but not religious. That being the Ethiopian eunuch who was, um, reading scripture, which ended up being scripture out of Isaiah when, when God sends Philip to him. And so then this conversation starts between Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch where the eunuch is reading something and, and doesn't understand it. And so Philip interprets it through, um, Christian eyes. Would you describe yourself as, as spiritual, but not religious? No, no. So how would you, so, so for, so somebody who would be spiritual or not religious would be somebody who has um, questions about um, some kind of larger being, or or does some practices in some way that that seeks to connect them to something outside of themselves. Um, so you would not say you're that at all. No, I believe someone who would be spiritual would still have some sort of connecting connection to some sort of religion, whether it be Christianity or Buddhism or, you know, something in, in the lines of some sort of, of 
I guess. Well, you don't have to. I mean, there's there's kind of a kind of a, a joke in church circles that you call it Sheilaism. Some some author quoted that where Sheila is somebody who's spiritual but not religious because she takes a little bit of Buddhism, a little bit of Hinduism, a little bit of Christianity, a little bit of Judaism, a little bit of whatever, and then creates her own religion out of that. Right. Where, you know, um, and, and, you know, because a lot of folks are, are um, uncomfortable or, or distrusting of organized religious institutions, rightly so, unfortunately, in, in so many situations. And and so because of that, they have retreated into creating what folks feel like works for them and f- helps them connect to something outside of themselves, which I would call the divine. But um, but so you would not include yourself in in that in that kind of category or journey. I, I mean, I don't I don't feel that I I pull from other. I didn't, I don't pull from lots of other things and create my own. Um, I, I mean, it's a, that's a very like, I guess hard to nail down situation because I will say that my beliefs, if you want to call it are based off Christianity, but it's done as a way of more of morals. If that makes sense. Like I don't go out there, like the Bible will tell you thou shalt not kill and things like that. I mean, I live that because I'm not, I'm not that kind of person, you know, and you treat others as they want to be treated and things like that. But I don't look to something to tell me that it's my, my own, you know, my own self that I'm able to, I guess, believe in. I don't believe in something else that has to tell me to be this way. If that kind of makes sense. So where do you, why are those two things important? Where do you learn that? Why do you, why have you decided that those two things are core values for you? Um, I think as far as the core values, it's something that I feel like I try to be a good person just in general, because I just, I feel like you feel good just in general being a good person. Um, it's not something that I feel like, oh, I'm going to be a good person because God or some other, you know, higher power is telling me to be good because then I will feel good. It's like, I just, I feel good. Like when I make other people laugh or I do something good for another person, that makes me feel good. And it, but it has nothing to do with like, oh, God told me to go help this person. It's just like, I feel like I should help this person. I don't feel like I need some sort of scripture to tell me why I should help this person or explain why I should help this person. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Um, Mike, by you saying, um, by something, by, by a, a Bible or Jesus or God telling you to, to do this. Um, whereas I would read it. I mean, the reason why I, I seek to, to turn to the scriptures or the reason why um, I'm a follower of Jesus is not that I feel like he's telling me to do stuff, but that it's an invitation for me to, to learn through his actions, the way that I am to live my life, that, that leads to something closer to the, to a, um, 
closer to God, but that's that's a, that's not going that's not going to be language that's going to work in this conversation. Um, but again, I am I am turning to those sources to help me, you know, because I I have you know I, I turn to those resources not to not to say that they are telling me, but that they are guiding me, giving me um, possibilities for me to be more what what God wants me to be. But you're using. I'm intrigued by you using the language that that they're telling. You know that it's a that it's a a pushing. I, I would almost say kind of a oppressive kind of 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 sense that that religious text um, tell you what to do. I mean that that probably comes from again just people who have like certain religions who will say things to me. It's like, well, you do that because. God tells you to do that or God, you know, in this um, scripture, he's telling you that this is how you should, you should walk the path and things like that. And it's probably just from other people telling me that kind of stuff. Is that, that's what God, you know, expects of a person or wants a person to be or something like that. But I feel like, okay, here's an example. I want to be the person that I want to be, not just because I follow someone else and how they live their life. If you want to say God has a life, I don't know how you want to describe that, but like, for example, like I, I open the car door and other doors for my wife all the time. Like if that's my, being called a good Southern gentleman, no, 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 no. Michael. This, this is what I'm saying. <laughs> I will open, I will open the car door for my wife. People are very weirded out by it. But I, there are people who watch me do it consistently and I will do it every time. And like, for instance, my, my, uh, I'm not going to say his name. Um, someone I know he started, he watched me and then started doing it for his girlfriend. And the only reason he did it is because he saw I was doing it. But after he was done courting his girlfriend and getting into the next stage, everything stopped. Like he didn't continue his own path because he was just doing it because I was doing it. Because I guess he he saw me and he just wanted to replicate it because he, I don't know what his thought was. I can't get in his head. But when I saw him stop doing it, I know he didn't do it because that's the kind of person he was. He did it because he was seeing someone else doing it. He was trying to follow that path. And that's not what I do. I don't follow someone else's path just because they're doing something. I will have my own path and I do my own thing because I feel like that's the way I am and the way I'm going to do it. See, I, I, I think psychologically I would challenge that. And, and that's where um, I, I, I don't think we're as self-autonomous as we think we are. I think, I, I think our experiences in life, um, we replicate things whether we, we, um, we acknowledge that or not. Um, that we choose to um, act in such a way either we become like our parents or we are trying to rebel against you know our parents or rebel against some prominent experiences in life and so it's I don't think we're as self um, um, directive as as we think we are I don't know where I don't know why I said that but I just did (laughs) (laughs) no that's fine I mean I don't know. It's just, I feel like that's what I wanted to do. Um, you can ask my parents. They will tell you they don't know where I got it from. Got what from? Like opening the door and all that other stuff. 
Um, you must have observed that because you would not internally think to do that without observing somebody do that. You did because there's, I'm sure at some point I've seen, well, I know. Okay. Since I've been doing it, I had, I do notice that there are other people that do it, mm-hmm. but it's not something that I've seen someone be like, Oh, he opened the door for her. I'm going to decide to do that. No, but you, you observe other actions and you, th- and then you decide, okay, I either want to adopt that for myself or I want to not adopt that for myself. And so somewhere along the line, you saw that and you thought to yourself and you maybe even not really cognitively were aware that you were thinking to yourself, Oh, I like the way that that looks. I like the way that that feels. So I'm going to adopt that. You know, I'm going to start doing that. Um, and so for me, that's what being a follower of Jesus means is, is I see, I see the way that, that Jesus treats people who treat him like crap. Um, and so I observe how he treats them. And so I think to myself, well, I want to, to do that as well because he models for me something that internally I can't, I, I would not naturally do. Okay, I I will say that on the on the side of that, if someone treats me like crap, it's going to be sent right back. I know. So, like, as far as like Jesus, like treating someone better that was than that was treating him, that is not me. Okay. Uh, I would treat you the way I want to be treated, but if you decide not to accept it like that and treat me badly, it's going to come back tenfold. Okay. So does that, um, is, is that ultimately healthy though? I mean, I, I'm I not saying he, that to judge you. I'm saying no, that because no, I okay. do the same thing too, that when somebody treats me harshly, I'm going to push back is, is my initial reaction. And what keeps me from doing that sometimes is I think what I have learned by being a follower of Jesus, that that is not a, a healthy life-giving way of response i i think that there are times that it's not healthy but i think there are a lot of times that it can be healthy for the main reason of you don't want to be that person that's bottling up all someone's hate and then one day you just snap correct but that's probably why jesus broke bread instead of people's backs that's (laughs) that's very theologically powerful mike Get rid of this. Wow. Wow. So he was a very angry person. He just didn't show it that well. But if the WWE was around, he would have just dominated. Well, he did show anger. And the scriptures attest to him showing anger. I mean, he flipped out when he sees um, folks doing something in the in the temple, um, money changers in the temple, and, and the way that they are um, acting um, in the in the temple and and so he gets very angry and and throws over tables and and you know makes a huge statement that way um but in our in our scriptural stories those stories are are not the the dominating story it's not the story of somebody who is is kicking butt and taking names um um but someone who reacts to to situations very differently than that, and so for me, way you know, trying to be a follower of Jesus means 
that when I'm in those situations where where people, you know, I have been I you know I have been um, uh, in my opinion mistreated by people people some people that I trust and 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 that happens as a as a church leader. Um, I mean, you I don't have to explain to anybody that churches are not pure places. And, and there are lots of experiences that I've had where, um, you know, people who are, who are good Christian people who have, who have, you know, um, done some, some, some pretty harsh things in my opinion. But, you know, what, what I think keeps me from, 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 from going down a track of what well, I'm going to do, I'm going to get back at you. And I'm going to make your life hell is, you know, by being, by seeking to follow the ways of, of Jesus, that, you know, that keeps me nine times out of 10 because I'm not perfect. I'm going to fail, but keeps me from reacting in a way that amplifies the situation and makes things worse rather than um, responding in, in a way that, that is, is, you know, forgiving as a, is a you know continuing to live my life in a in a faithful way even when i have people who are who are coming at me okay are you saying that that is not a way you would want your life to be so that if somebody treats you like crap that what is is more life giving to you is to go back at them <clears throat> i will make the playing field even again when you have done that, what has been the results? I can move on to the next part of my life. Like, I feel sad. Like, if I don't have any, exp, any like, examples, but, I mean, if, if someone really wronged me, like, horribly wronged me, that I have to write it, I would make sure that it's good in my past, but everything is square. Because if not, in the future, I'm going to be still thinking about it. And, and just going on and being like, I should have done this. I should have done that. Why didn't I just take care of this at the time? And it's just going to fester in me thinking like I should have taken care of it. And so if I take care of it in the past or in the present at that time, in my future, I'm, I feel square with myself that I'm, I'm done with that part. Can you give any example where you feel like you've done something, you feel square with that and you've moved on? I mean, I have, I do have like friends that I have lost that have treated me certain ways and I've said my piece, I've done what I needed to do, whether it hurt them or not. And, and I've been good about it. I've lost those friendships, but I, I know that those friendships were over that part of my life was done and they were in my life for that point, that part of the time. But now I don't worry about it anymore. You you said something out. You 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 were good about it. What does that mean? Like I feel good in uh, about my reaction, about my whatever my action was to it. Like, um, let's see. It's it's hard to give examples because a lot of the stuff. Like once once I'm done with with a situation or a person, um, you're done with them. I'm done That's with it. it, and I don't I don't go back to it. it unless someone like reminds me of it of like specifics, and then I can be like, oh yeah, that. Well, and but I guess most of the time though, I'm done with it. Well, so. I guess though I've learned, you know, burning bridges is e- e- that can come back to hurt 
me if I've burned bridges. Um, that that you know, seeking to to be open and maintain um, openness and in, in relationships with people, even people who have screwed me over royally, and there are people who have screwed me over royally, and and people in the church, um, you know, that have screwed me royally, but. Um, but but I choose to, to maintain relationships because um, I I don't think that it it helps any of us to, to to burn bridges or to try to get back at them the way that I feel like somebody has come after me for whatever reason. Um, so I lost the <laughs> point that I was going to to make, and it was going to be so profound. Um, it was going to change everything. It was going to change everything. Um, well, I know what I was going to say. That it it doesn't mean I don't think I'm a I'm a pushover. I mean, I I you know as I think back on on situations where I mean I I didn't I I wasn't a doormat. I didn't right. allow people to to abuse me. Um, but. Um, you know, and and I've had some some very heated exchanges uh, with folks, but and you know and stood up for myself and what I felt like my needs were, and and calling out injustice towards me when I felt like things were unjust, but um, but that doesn't you know st- standing up for myself does not mean getting even with somebody. If that makes sense. It, it's, it's kind of the same. You being able to speak up for yourself could hurt someone the same way that they hurt you. You just don't realize it. I feel that, that true. I feel like that is a way of, of returning whatever was said, done or whatever the situation is. Um, and I feel like for me, that feels better for me to make me feel better about who I am inside than turning the other cheek. Which is very similar to what you're saying. Like well, you didn't. No, you said I, you wanted like a I can like still a turn the other seat, though. I can still stand up for myself, express what I need to say, but then turn the other cheek, and ultimately forgive that person for whatever they've done to me. I can still forgive a person, but that doesn't mean I still want you in my life. And that's fine. Do you still want me in your life, Mike? Oh yeah, we haven't got to that point yet. <laughs> oh God, if I do, man, he's cutting me out. No, it, it he's coming after me. So so here's Man, the thing. There there he's gonna, are he's going to get even with me one day. No, I'm going to do something. He's it's it's not like yeah. that. It's not like that. So so again, I'm it's, watching. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's one of those things that, like, the conversations that we have are very similar to conversations I've had in the past that I've enjoyed, and just having conversations that are different than or having, um ideas and, and thoughts and, you know, whatever that are different than each other's doesn't mean that I need retaliation. I, that's not like the same kind of like thing. Um, I mean, for me, it's like, it's going to be hardcore of what would happen for me to, to come back. I mean, there are times there are people that are still in my life that I could cut out, but I like the situation did not, I feel like the situation did not call for it. Um, but I mean, I don't know how this is still going about what we were originally discussing, but like, I, I, it's just, I don't need someone to tell me that I should have to treat someone a certain way or do certain 
certain way. I think going back to our original question of like the teachings and where I get my, my own moral compass, I guess. Um, but I mean, cause I, I feel like I don't, I, I think some of it is, is going to be like common sense, which I know is a, it's a very hard, like bad word right now, the word common sense or the phrase common sense. But it's one of those things that I know that kicking a dog is not good. Just randomly kicking dogs. But if a dog was attacking me or attacking someone I loved, going in there and kicking it, it's a different situation. And I, I feel like that's a kind of a common sense is, is how I live my life. Like just going up and kicking someone because they have a certain religion or whatever is not that thing. But if someone wants to attack or whatever, then that's a different thing. And I'm going to come back with it. Um, but I mean, it's just, I feel like it's, it's common sense on when to know what to do instead of having a book give you guidelines based on so I, it's I still, a rule book no, so. it, well it is a rule book but here's the thing that I really have a problem with the Bible I feel like they're very good stories and I feel like there's no difference in the Bible than reading like Twilight or Harry Potter or anything like that it's like stories that man human has come up with and written down and yes they've been told you know over times and pass along and people write their experiences. But I feel like I can write an experience and put some spiritual stuff in there and people would believe it. And that's where I feel like a lot of religious is very cult like because I think I could start my own religion and yeah, people could. and people would follow me. You could. Um, and, and people would just bow down to anything I say. And that's the problem I have with it is that mm -hmm. people are so like just, so much of a follower because they're so lost in their own world because they don't have like, they don't believe in themselves to be able to take that opportunity to be like, you know what? I'm going to do this today. They have, they have to have someone else to tell them what to do. So those of us who are followers of Jesus are suckers. I don't think you're suckers. I think you have your own beliefs and I, and I am fine with that, but I don't want to make, I don't want people to think that like, I, I don't like religion in the fact of like, I think it's just all fake. I, I enjoy like Harry Potter and, and reading books. You know, I enjoy that stuff. No different than reading some of the stories from the Bible. I don't mind. And, and I enjoy some of the stories. I like watching some of the movies that people come up with. I think it's great. And I think that there are people who are so obsessed with things like Harry Potter. They also get into it too deep and things like that and follow it. But you know what? That's fine. That's why there's conventions. That's why there's things like that. And I feel like that's not much different than going to church because you're sharing equal like minds with people around you. Well, it's about sharing a common language. Right. So, so you, you're, you show up at these Star Trek conventions, don't you? I have you, never been to a Star Trek okay. convention. I think um, it would be fun to go to one. You see, I could see you wearing a little, you know, little symbol on your chest and, you know, maybe some pointed ears and, and showing up <laughs> in a Star Trek convention. You you have so a very... being so being so showing up at church is like being at a Star Trek convention. That's what I've that's what I've learned today. Well, you said Star Trek. <laughs> I, I did not say Star Trek. <laughs> so I think we've we know where you'd want to go. But Actually no, I mean not. it's it's a it's a sharing of minds, and I'm fine with that. I just I think it's one of those things though. I feel we need to be individuals in a lot of cases and not like follow so deeply in certain things. 
But I mean, that that's my, my thought on it. I mean, it's, I know everyone has their own thought and I don't like that when people use, go too hardcore and use it as a security blanket. And anytime you say anything at all, they have to come back to the Bible or the teachings of Jesus or whatever the, they want to say it as. And they always will relate anything you say to the Bible. All right. We're going to end it right there. <laughs> Because that that's that's going to be our next episode um, is is what you just said. So because um, I, I think I would love to explore that, um, but okay. So everyone can have their blankets. So everyone can have their blankets. <laughs> their oh, security blanket. blanket. Their security blanket. So yep. that's what the Bible is: is a security blanket. Yep. Okay. Okay. All right. We can talk about that. Okay. I feel like you have more questions though too. I do have more questions. So let's just let's just end this here and so now that will just whet the appetite for the next <laughs> one where where I'm listening more to your wisdom. I don't know if it's wisdom. Uh, I don't know if it is either. <laughs> it's conversation. It we're, is conversation. We're listening. we're listening to each other. And I, and I like it. I enjoy it. That's what I, I like. I enjoy so. it too. And and I think that's why uh I think this is an effective podcast because Unfortunately, um, uh, you know, folks like me, folks like you aren't able to have these kinds of conversations and truly listen to each other. And so that's why we're providing this so that people can can listen in and learn both, you know, perspectives that I represent and perspectives that you represent and so that we can learn and, and grow. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we will wrap things up there. And so thanks for joining us today and we will look forward to seeing you next time. Hopefully not as long as it's been since the last time we've been able to get together. So definitely. If you guys have questions like for the next one, if you want to ask me questions yourself, uh, send them in to Sam or put them in the comments or whatever. And uh, I will answer them as best as I can. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Thanks a lot, y'all. All right, guys. Take Later. care.